So as the kids have been talking, as we've mentioned a few times already, today is the first Sunday of Advent, the first Sunday of hope. Hope is the theme this, uh, this Sunday. And I've been thinking some about Advent as a season of hope, but also a season of longing. Season when we look at the way things are and we realize of how they will be and the gap between those two can trouble us. If you remember, Advent means uh, coming. It's the Latin word for coming. And when we talk about Advent, we not only do we look back to the fact that the Messiah has come, we also look forward to our hope, the fact, the promise that the Messiah is coming again. And we pick up this first week begins with the theme of hope. And hope is a powerful word. Hope is a central word to our Christian faith. I love how Elaine uh, put it. Hope is trusting. Trusting in things to come, in promises that have been made, promises that will be fulfilled. Not just because of we hope that they will someday, but because we've seen so many promises, so many prophecies fulfilled in who Jesus is, and we wait to see them fulfilled in his coming again. Hope is not just something that we do. It's not just, boy, I sure hope, as in, boy, I sure wish. But it's hope as in trusting. Hope that changes the way we live. That we live as kingdom people now because of our hope in God's kingdom come. So often we think of, of hope as just something out there like a wish, but actually hope can change or should change the way we live today. That we live as expectant people. That we live realizing that the world is broken, but it's not the way that it was meant to be, nor will it be the way that it will always be. That one day the Messiah is coming again. Our hope will be fulfilled. But I also said, too, that we live in between the times. So the season not only is a season of hope, but also a season of longing. One year, um, while I was still in seminary, I went through an Advent reader uh, each week, and I would finish each devotion time by singing to myself early in the morning, or not to myself, but to God early in the morning, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the song we sang, the first one we sang this morning. That, if you hear the first song, if you, I don't know if you thought about it as you're singing, but you think like, man, this is like the most dreary Christmas song ever. <laughs> even, the, even the key is in a minor key. Even it has even a minor, like a, a kind of a dreary sound to it, the, the actual song, the, the music of it. And I find this tension for me, I don't know if all of you feel it, but, um, you know, Christmas, um, the season of Christmas, it's so fun to celebrate it. But it's also good for the church to celebrate the season of Advent. And the season of Advent is more like O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, a season of longing. Not already celebrating and feasting like we will do on Christmas Day, but also engaging, entering into the longing now that we are in between the times. I've been thinking some about communion too. Communion that we'll be sharing today in light of Advent. You see, in Advent, we look back to the fact that Jesus came and we look forward to the fact that he's coming again. Communion is similar. We look back and we remember what Jesus has done. We remember the sacrifice that he made. We remember that this meal was gathered around the Passover. The Passover 
was similar in that it looked back to the fact that God had rescued his people. But in Jesus' time, they also ate this meal in hope that God would rescue his people again. That even though they lived in their own land, they were occupied by Romans, that they ate this meal, no doubt, looking for the Lord to redeem them or to rescue them again, to set them free again. So it's in the context of that meal that Jesus sits down with his disciples and he pours, or he breaks the bread and he shares them with him. This is my body, which is for you. And he pours the cup. And after he'd given thanks, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. But this meal, we look back and we see that Jesus was doing something new, even though he was using the framework of the old, of Passover. But he does something amazing and new, a new covenant in his own blood, a covenant of grace, of salvation, and of hope. But it's interesting, even, even the first Lord's Supper looked back and began the church looking forward. He said, when after he had taken the cup and, and blessed it, he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. He says, do this as often as you drink it, remembering me. For as often as you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again that we share this meal year in, year out, looking forward, sharing it again until the Lord comes again, proclaiming his death and ultimately his resurrection until he comes again. That this meal, even in the beginning, even the first Lord's Supper, began us looking forward to Christ's return. I was uh, actually thinking of it this morning, the Lord's Supper, and a word came to me of, I don't know if anybody here has ever had an amuse-bouche, if you've ever been to like a French restaurant or um, an amuse-bouche is one bite. One bite that the chef prepares for you. And I was pretty interested. Like I started, I think, oh, interesting. And I looked again, looking more to learn about them. And uh, amuse-bouche is interesting because one, the chef gives it to you. So it's not an hors d'oeuvre. You know, we think of like an hors d'oeuvre as something, hmm, what do I want out of the five things I'm going to choose for myself? The amuse-bouche is given to us by the chef. And usually when you order an hors d'oeuvre, you know, you have to pay for it, and depending on where you're at, like, you know, 20 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever. But the amuse-bouche is a free gift. It's given to you by the chef. And it's uh, this bite that he puts together, he or she put together. It's this bite that they put together that has, like they're trying to mix flavors and scents and textures to give you a hint of what the meal will be like. And to say thank you. And to give us a gift. And I began thinking of the Lord's Supper as an amuse-bouche. You know, we can look at this as a tiny little piece of bread and a thimble of juice. Or we can begin to look beyond the little glass or the little plastic cup of juice and the little bit of bread added a mousse bouche. A taste of what it will be like. There's a couple of things that I was thinking of as passages that speak to this as an amuse-bouche. 
This is from Isaiah. So he says, on this mountain, on Mount Zion, he's speaking of what it will be like in the future. The Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, and the finest of wines. On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He remove the people, or sorry, remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. The prophet Isaiah spoke these words 800 years before Jesus came. And we see how Jesus began this meal, the Lord's Supper, pointing us towards this type of meal, this type of feast. But the amazing thing or the interesting thing for me is it doesn't stop there. Listen to Revelation 19. This is in Revelation 19. It says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like the loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's people. Now listen to this. Then the angel said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. That there will be a wedding feast. And this is the amuse-bouche. This is the first taste of what it will be like one day as we look forward to Christ's return and him bringing his kingdom here finally and faithfully, making right this world that does not work the way that it's supposed to. 